And now. Uh, okay. Oh, is that both? Oh, this is the our, last one. Our, our first place winner our is finalist. next after this short break. I like copyrighted melodies. Okay, no. <laughs> sci-fi bloggers Elion D here back with our first podcast of Earth Year 2017. We hope your new year is off to a fantastic start as ours is here at sci-fi bloggers and we're pleased to present you now with our final Star Trek fan fiction contest winner. This episode features our first place winner. Enjoy! So uh, by Black Ops 4. There. Microsoft, sponsor us. Bye, Wheaties. Bye, <coughs> bye, Xbox One. Bye, Titanfall 2 today at your local Xbox. game stop. Xbox. Don't you mean one. PlayStation? Bye, Xbox One at your local game stop. <coughs> he go means to, PlayStation. Go to GameStop today and get your pre-order <coughs> bonus, yeah. He means PlayStation. Pre-order bonus today. Pre-order and get the new Jar Jar Binks DLC exclusive on from GameStop. <laughs> Everybody's favorite Star Wars character. EA Sports. It's Could in the you game. please stop mixing Star Wars and Star? What is up with you? <laughs> EA Sports. It's in the game. Um, hold on. Um. Who else? Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how much I don't want to go to this play. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. But I gotta go. We have to support the program. Yeah, and you want to go, right? I want to go to support the program. You want to go to support the program or you want to go because you want to go? Yeah, I really feel like I need to support the program. Okay. Yeah, I feel kind of like a shithead if I don't go. Yeah, even if I leave. Our first place winner. Okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I have to give it fanfare. And we're back. A dinosaur story. Um, no, uh, sorry, that was really obscure, but Elion, you have to keep that in. That's like the most obscure reference ever, and only someone who was like, like, like a real, like, 90s kid. I hate it when people say, I'm a 90s kid, but like, they'll get that. Anyways, so, our last story is, wait, fanfare, okay. Our first place winner is, da 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 Wait, wait, I have to get the right music. Ready? It's Lord of the Rings. Okay, let's do it. Wait. Dude. I'm do, like do, 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 45 do, 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 minutes do, 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 late do, 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 do,
have a movie in 45 in an hour. Dude, I, I just, I just, did you hear what I was doing? That was The Matrix. Do, 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 Oh. Okay, let's read this story. Okay, okay. Okay, and the last story first, is... This is our first place winner. First place winner. Is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, this is coming straight out of Compton. This is... Yo, yo, yo. It's straight, straight out of the Alpha Quadrant. Straight out of the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> this is Star Trek, the original series, The Enemy Within. By Trent Dudley. Stardate 4221.4 Captain's Log Stardate 4421.4 The Enterprise intercepted a subspace distress call from an unidentified Federation starship in the Precari system along the border of the Klingon neutral zone. Mr. Spock informs me that the Federation have avoided activity in the system since a Klingon incursion destroyed Deep Space Station K-19, which was conducting studies of Trahan's Belt, an asteroid field which houses a rare, highly combustible mineral believed to power Klingon cloaking systems. We are proceeding at Warp Factor 7 to identify the source of the distress call and render assistance. The Enterprise came out of warp with Trahan's belt on its port side, but there was no other vessel in the area. Report, Mr. Spock. Kirk leaned over his officer's console while he conducted a short-range scan. Captain, short-range scanners detect small amounts of debris from both Federation and Klingon ships. However, their dispersion would indicate any battle took place some time ago. Our scanners cannot function inside Trahan's belt. Radiation from the minerals inside the asteroids interfere with our systems. Are we at the right coordinates? Kirk pondered, confused by the strange circumstances. Chekhov rechecked the navigation systems. The coordinates are correct, Captain. Sir, there is a ship decloaking off our starboard bow. Klingons on this side of the neutral zone? Kirk was about to signal a red alert when Spock interjected. No, Jim. It's a Federation starship. Early Constitution class. Fascinating. A Federation starship with a cloaking device? Lieutenant Uhura, open a hailing frequency. Kirk sat back in the captain's chair, preparing to question the vessel about the distress call, and also about the cloaking technology, which the Federation had long tried to develop, but had so far been unsuccessful. They're not answering our hails, Captain. Uhura checked her earpiece wasn't malfunctioning. Captain? It was Commander Spock again. They have raised their shields. Before Kirk could order the alert and have the Enterprise's shields raised, the starship opened fire. One photon torpedo hit the main warp power energizers, while another hit the starboard side of the Enterprise's secondary hull, significantly damaging decks three and four, including the engineering computer. Phasers targeted the main hull. Without the Enterprise's shields up, the surprise attack rendered them completely defenseless. Shields, weapon systems, the transporter system, and warp drives were all offline. Only navigation, impulse power, and life support were operational. They could maneuver, but that was all. The impact from the attack had thrown Kirk from the captain's chair. Dr. McCoy tried to tend to a gash he had received over his left eye, but Kirk brushed him aside. I'm fine, Bones. Get down to sickbay. There will be wounded who need you. McCoy knew better than to argue and headed down to the medical wing. Kirk reached for the intercom. Damage report, Mr. Scott. 
The chief engineer responded in an exhausted, thick Scottish accent, detailing the damage as well as a number of crew casualties. How long until shields and weapon systems are back up? Asked Kirk. I don't know, Captain. We should have defensive capability within an hour, as long as she doesn't take another hit like we just did. Captain, we're being hailed. Uhura's communications console appeared to be functioning better than the Enterprise's other systems. On screen. Kirk turned to view the deck's main monitor. The image was almost a mirror of the Enterprise's bridge with a different Starfleet crew manning the consoles. The only differences were that their uniforms had the Starfleet insignia removed and their ship was undamaged. The captain of the other vessel was a tall, stern-faced man in his early forties. He was unshaven and rough, but otherwise looked capable. Unable to defend themselves, Kirk thought diplomacy might somehow salvage the Enterprise, but he needed to know what the attackers wanted. This is Captain Kirk of the USS Enterprise. What is the meaning of this attack? This is Captain Magnus Rhodes of the Starship Insurgent. You will surrender your vessel or be destroyed. Prepare your transporters to have my crew beam aboard. Spock quickly scanned the Federation database for clues on the attacker. The database held no records of a Starship Insurgent. However, Magnus Rhodes was recorded as a Starfleet captain in command of the USS Interceptor. Records indicated that he was killed when the Interceptor was destroyed responding to the distress call from Deep Space K-19 during the Klingon attack two years ago. Spock updated Kirk on his findings. Rhodes, why attack us? We're a Federation vessel like you. Kirk queried. Rhodes' anger grew obvious. I grow impatient of your stalling, Captain. Just as I grew impatient of waiting for Starfleet to send aid as the Klingons destroyed K-19, along with my wife and child. Ready your transporters or be destroyed! Our transporters are not functioning, Captain. Spock interjected. That is a lie! Rhodes was obviously furious. I am Vulcan, Captain. I am incapable of lying. Spock's response was calm and devoid of emotion. Very well! We will send a shuttlecraft, prepare your hangar, and don't try anything, Captain! And with that, the transmission ended. Kirk sprang immediately into action. Mr. Sulu, put us as close to Trahan's belt as possible without making it obvious. Mr. Spock, are there still surveys of the asteroid field made by K-19 in the database? Spock quickly checked the computer's records and acknowledged that the surveys were still there. Excellent. Mr. Chekhov, Blot a course through Trahan's belt, and then delete the survey from Starfleet's database. If Rhodes wants to follow us, I'll have to do a blind. A shuttlecraft had left the insurgent and was on approach to the rear hangar bay of the Enterprise. As the shuttle approached the hangar doors, Kirk sprang the order. Full impulse power, Mr. Sulu. The Enterprise accelerated rapidly into Trahan's belt, narrowly missing the maze of asteroids. Caught off guard by the surprise maneuver, the insurgent was unable to fire before the Enterprise had entered the asteroid field. Rhodes gave the order to pursue. With the hyper-accurate surveys plotted into the Enterprise's navigational computer, it narrowly avoided colliding with the explosive asteroids inside Trahan's belt. However, the insurgent was not as lucky. Trying to mirror the Enterprise's course but without the automated responses and sensors disrupted, the pursuing ship collided with a number of asteroids damaging the insurgent's hull and considerably weakening its shields. As the Enterprise approached the exit of the belt, Scotty came over the intercom. Captain, our shields are still down and our phasers are still inoperable. Damn it, Scotty, we can't hide in here forever. 
Kirk replied. I know, Captain, but we've only managed to get one of the torpedo bays working. We need more time. Scotty was heaving and exhausted. We don't have more time, Scotty. One torpedo will have to do. Just make sure she fires. Kirk gripped the captain's chair as the Enterprise conducted another sharp bank and exited Trahan's belt. With the insurgent close behind, the Enterprise turned to face her enemy. Towards the exit was a gigantic asteroid, about as large as the Enterprise's main hull. With only one torpedo bay, no shields, and still suffering damage from the initial attack, the Enterprise was in no shape to fight the insurgent. Mr. Sulu, target the large asteroid and wait for my order. Kirk commanded, standing from the captain's chair. Aye, sir. Torpedo's locked. Sulu responded. The insurgent approached under full impulse power, grazing one asteroid before aligning with the same exit previously used by the Enterprise and right next to another large asteroid. Fire! Kirk ordered, clenching his fist in anger. The glimmering red photon torpedo shot out of the Enterprise towards the asteroid as the insurgent approached, hitting the side of it with a massive explosion and causing it to drift into the insurgent's path. With no time to respond, the insurgent flew directly into the asteroid and exploded, causing a chain reaction throughout the belt. It was then three Klingon warbirds decloaked. The pursuit had unknowingly led the Enterprise into the neutral zone. Captain's Log, Supplemental. The Klingons actually thanked us for destroying the Insurgent, a rogue Starfleet vessel that had raided nearby Klingon trade routes since the destruction of K-19. Captain Magnus Rhodes had apparently become consumed by grief since the death of his family, and blamed the Klingons for the attack and the Federation for inaction. Using Trahan's belt, Rhodes had discovered the secret of cloaking and along with the firepower of a Federation starship, had attacked along the neutral zone, attempting to ignite a war between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. We are now heading back to space dock under full impulse power to repair our warp nacelles, but I can't help thinking, what drives a man to turn against his own people? I hope I never find out. some kind of music during the story. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, just like a little music. No, no music. And those are our stories, ladies and Yay. gentlemen. Thank you to all of our entrants. You guys are lovely. Congratulations to our winners. And thank you very much to everyone who entered. We are getting, we, we will be in touch with you shortly uh, to receive your contact information for sending you your prizes. Prizes! And we will be publishing these stories on Sci-Fi Bloggers over the next few weeks. One story a week as our featured Friday fiction. 
But and yo, yo, by the way, just so, just so that you don't freak out, we edit like, I mean, I mean, I'm not like editing here anymore, but uh, our editors. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Like they, they don't like chop up your story. No, no, no. We don't. don't we don't. Don't like, be freaked out about I that. I do this for a living, people. Relax. The, like literally like just. We, if you're like, we don't. Oh we my don't. God, that sentence needs to say that one. No, don't worry. It's not going to be like. We like, don't lose it's not, author's voices when exactly. we edit. We it's not going to be like. I don't think Spock should be in it. I think he should be <laughs> cut out. <laughs> or um, I don't or, think he should actually kiss her. I, I think he should just hug her. Yeah, I don't. No, think, we don't edit like that. <laughs> I don't think it should be written. I we think, don't. I think it should be like. It should just be told with color. <laughs> you know, just like colors. We are so late. We, we are, are, we so, are like late. so We are so late. late. Okay, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. It's, it's been, been real, real fun. fun. Yeah. Peace out. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just in case you end it this way. Done. 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 up our star trek fan fiction contest winner podcasts we hope you all enjoyed the stories as much as we enjoyed reading and recording them keep an eye out on the site for more contests and opportunities to win cool stuff this year we're also going to be posting some surveys on the site and on facebook and twitter to find out from you what kind of stuff you'd like so don't forget to like us on facebook and follow us on twitter to keep up with everything we're bringing to you guys this year As always, we feature the latest, hottest, and -and up-and-coming sci-fi and fantasy news in both pop culture and indie entertainment. Yeah, we love bringing you guys the indie stuff. Check it all out at scififloggers.com. Have a wonderful new year, and we will see you planetside soon. You're listening to The Pod, the Sci-Fi Bloggers Podcast, where we are sci-fi.